Welcome to another episode of Making Magic with your host, Bradley Morris from Magic Media. This is the go-to show for purpose-driven creators to get inspired with innovative new ideas to produce your educational content, build thriving online communities, and turn your message into a movement. Action! All right, action. That's a good word for the day. Action, taking action, moving towards the intended vision that we aspire to fulfill, that we aspire to embody. Um, And you know, the more action we take, the less resistance we feel. But it is the beginning of the action taking where the most amount of resistance rears its head. Uh, it's, it's one of those things that is the, that is the journey that we are all on as artists, as creators, entrepreneurs. Um, you know, I just, I had a big conversation with one of our marketing people, uh, yesterday, just around her coming up against the resistance to actually like make the cold calls, follow up with the emails, follow up with the follow-ups, all the things. Um, last month I did 28 days of YouTubing. And uh, it was amazing, highly creative, productive experience for me. It, it's it's made me fall in love. I'm a YouTuber now. I'm officially a YouTuber. I've kind of like moved away from that for a lot of years. I've been posting like more talking head stuff on YouTube. But I'm now officially a YouTuber. I'm posting every day on my new Body Mind Swing channel and having so much fun. So when I was doing that challenge... Every day there was resistance, like, I don't have anything to say. I don't know what to do. Uh, How can I make this creative? I just want to get it done. Move through the resistance. Now it's like my my buddy who's also, he's a much bigger YouTuber than me, but uh, he's just been commenting. He's like, dude, you're like creating two videos a day on your channel. I'm like, I can't stop. So that's what happens. You take enough action and momentum is the thing that you access once you move through the resistance and you push those boundaries. Uh, Right now I'm doing a a 30 day fitness challenge. So every single day doing a high intensity Tabata workout. Yesterday, middle of the afternoon, I had my 20 minute block where right before transitioning from work to soaring and it was just like, I don't wanna do this. I'm tired, I'd rather go meditate on the couch. I'm like, this is the only time you're gonna be able to do this. If you don't do it, you owe your buddies 50 bucks. Do you wanna owe them 50 bucks? This is like, no, I don't. Soon as I started, the moment I picked up the first kettlebell, it was just like, oh, why would I resist such a thing? I just released a video this morning about how I used to resist practicing in golf. All I wanted to do was play, but practice is play. And so no longer is the resistance there to getting better. And so all of the rant, the whole purpose of the rant is like, let's become aware of the resistance. The resistance might be procrastination. It might be cleaning the house when we're supposed to be working. The the resistance might show up as fear. It might literally be like cold sweats. Uh, The resistance can show up as self-sabotage like not following through on things we said we would do and not even knowing why we're not following through. There's so many ways in which resistance shows up for us in our life and as creators or with our partners or on the things that we say we want to do. And so why is it that we resist the future we're trying to create? And the reason is, is because there's an unknown, there's uncertainty. If we take this action forward towards the thing that we most desire, 
whether it's being a coach, making money through our business, being a famous artist who's up on stage is doing their thing, whatever it might be. The reason we resist that is because there's this gap between where we are and where we want to be. And that is the unknown we have to walk through. And our subconscious makes up all sorts of reasons and excuses as to why we should be afraid of that gap, why we should procrastinate, why we should just stay where we are, why we should just turn on Netflix and ignore the big goal that we have over here. And that is the thing that we have to overcome. And we just need to take the next step. Like yesterday, just picking up the kettlebell. I was like, oh, I'm already doing the thing. I'm doing it. Now I'm not resisting it. I'm actually in it. And so we have to like action is the cure to overcome the resistance. Because as soon as you start the action, as soon as you open up the document and you actually start typing your whether it's a book or a story or whatever you're doing. I get this every time I write a kid's story. It's like, ah, here's that blank canvas again. I got to figure out words to say and turn it into a story. This is hard. I want to smash my head against the wall. But you just got to like push through it. And I mean, sure, we could try meditate it away. But what is meditation when action is the cure? Meditation is a form of procrastination. Centering yourself before your practice, great. Center yourself before your practice. Go for a hike to get yourself into an elevated state of being, but then go sit your ass down at your desk and do the thing that you got to do. So if we can just overcome the resistance, we can accomplish anything. And what I've been uh, experiencing in my own personal life, uh, this last, I don't know what's going on, but it feels like resistance be gone. It feels like... I'm just showing up and doing the damn thing and I'm not questioning it anymore. And I'm just like, okay, this is the next thing. I'm going to do the next thing. And then I'll be done the next thing before I even realize that I had resistance to begin with. That's my cure for resistance. It may work differently for you. You may not be as forceful as I am about like, just get over it and get on with it. But uh, that's what's worked for me. I've found action to be the greatest cure for overcoming resistance and moving shit forward. Now, if anybody else has a cure out there, let me know your cure for resistance. Let me know your thoughts on this topic. Is resistance holding you back from getting somewhere you want to go? Um, oh, and I will also just add a great way to overcome resistance is to set a clock for 30 minutes of like, okay, I don't want to do this thing. I'm going to do the thing for 30 minutes though and just like set the alarm because by the time you get through 30 minutes or 20 minutes you start to get into a flow and no longer is it like holding you back starting is the hardest part that's my rant yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um i think so um i was thinking about this a little bit in the last couple of days um and kind of talking myself through it and it's like if you don't have a level of resistance it's not new enough like I was like oh good I feel scared and I have resistance and I don't want to do it oh good then it's the right step because all of that's coming up and I was like well maybe like if it is comfortable then it's not big enough um so I've been like talking myself through it that way and that's been actually really helpful um, so yes, take action, but also just like that affirmation that, yeah, it's new. That's why the resistance is here. Go for it. So that was fun. I'll jump in. I got a little course on this. We should drag it into this space if people want. Um, so one of the ways 
one of the things that over the years, I, for, if you don't know, I used to train coaches and one of the big sticking points that coaches would come with are like, well, what happens when my client hits resistance and while well, they're resisting and they're not doing the thing. And then the coach makes themselves wrong and they make their clients wrong and clients are making themselves wrong. And like, if, if we are not experiencing resistance from my view, we aren't engaged in a change process. And so anytime we're trying to change something, especially creating new habits, new patterns, going for new dreams, there's going to be an equal and opposite resistance that shows up. And part of that is because we are creatures of habit. We are pattern creatures. And so when we try to move into, like, I love what you said, it's like, we're going into the unknown, right? And there are going to be things that are uncomfortable about that. And, and part of our being wants to, even if our biggest dreams is for change, the unconscious part of us wants to keep things the same. And so as soon as we start to shift and move into these new places, then we're going to experience resistance. And I love the different notes that you made Bradley about what that resistance could be, because it can show up in all sorts of ways and insidious ways and tricky ways. But part of the mechanism of what is happening is that our identities are threatened, that we have particular stories about who we are and how the world is, that when we try to create a change is going to start to mess with those identities. So one of the ways that I love to play with resistance is to, yes, just do the thing, get your ass on the mat, all of that, and metaphorically and literally when resistance is to yoga, <clears throat> don't ask me how I know. Um, <laughs> But the, it's also, um, my friend TJ had this really great term for how he talks about the voices in our head that are trying to give us well-meaning advice to keep us safe. And that is your stupid friend. Like the friend that's, you know, that, that are, and even that our resistance patterns are like our stupid friend. No, you don't want to get to the gym. No, you don't want to reach out to that person and do that risky thing is there it's well-meaningly your resistance is a part of you that's well-meaning and trying to keep you safe. And so it's trying to carry out something that if you create this change feels like it's at risk. And I find that can be a really interesting inquiry. Like, okay, this pattern that I've got going, how is this actually trying to do something kind for me? And is there a different way to meet that kindness where I can still do the new thing? For example, if your, your thing is, okay, I want to, I want to be visible and put myself out there, but I'm terrified. And so instead I keep doing these other make work busy things. It's like, okay, so that's trying to ensure that I'm not going to be rejected or that's trying to ensure that I'm not going to be humiliated or whatever the fear is. So looking at what are ways that I can create a sense of relational safety and acceptance in my nervous system and then go do the thing. So it's, it's like the doing the thing and what's my resistance trying to do that's actually doing, it's like, it's doing a good job of it, but it's limiting me from being able to move into a new space. How do I do both? move into the new space and regulate myself and take care of myself so that this little resistance gremlin is actually going to let me move into the change process. 
So that's my rant. That's great. Beautiful addition. And Thanks. extra perspective. Anybody else want to jump in and share? Um, yeah, that was helpful, Chella. Thank you. Uh, and it kind of relates to a small thing in my life right now. Um, uh, like a, I just got invited to DJ at a party at the end of the month. And uh, I've mostly been kind of a bedroom DJ, like I've, done, I've played out a few times, uh, but mostly to friends and not to people I don't know. So uh, part of me is really excited, but also part of me is like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's, a it's a new social um, experiment for me. Uh, so I've been thinking about, well, how can I seed the crowd with my friends? as a way to kind of, you know, basically have kind of a, a welcoming uh, space for me to play music. Um, so yeah, that was kind of helpful. Thank you. Beautiful. Well, I could say something, I guess. Uh, <clears throat> I didn't get to hear the whole sermon. So I'm just kind of assuming what it's about. But um. Yeah, recently I did a lot of different things that would have scared me in the past. And now I recognize the feeling that I get when I do these things. Like I started leading a workshop at the library where people like show up and stuff about guitar. I, I started recording, going recording at the a TV station, uh, doing episodes there, uh, started leading a band, putting that together, with, you know, gathering people and things. And this all gave me such a feeling of like, uh, like anxiety and what the hell am I doing? And like, you know, and I just, I just recognize it for, you know, I'm, I'm pushing my boundaries. I'm going outside of my comfort zone and uh, just show up and smile and pretend to know what I'm doing. And, you know, <laughs> usually it works out, you know, so that's, uh, and you feel good after. I feel like, it's it's uncomfortable at first, but those are the things that afterwards really have a huge payoff, you know, like you feel like you did something. Well put. The uh the afterglow of conquering the resistance in the next step and actually getting to take the next step and look back at what you just did and that afterglow that is that is there, whether it's from doing the workout or getting on the yoga mat or writing 10 new pages in a story or, you know, Silas for you after this DJ set, you know, it's, it's like, you look back and you're like, I did it. All right. And you remember like all of the hurdles of resistance that we have to overcome in order to get through whatever it is that we're trying to do. It's a good feeling. It's very empowering. And then it shows us like, Oh, I did that. I could do that again, and then I could do it again. I think that's that's ultimately where momentum comes from, is like the ability to just like, kind of like the hurdles. It's like you just keep getting over the hurdles, and then suddenly the, the hurdles get smaller and smaller. Claudia, yeah. Yeah, I'll just say hi, guys. <laughs> um, I uh, posted something similar about this to Portia's one of Portia's comments from a few days ago, I think about, you know, this, 
tendency for us to kind of come out hot out of the gates. And especially when we have creative energy, how much that can feel really exciting. And a lot of what I've been exploring right now, I actually, um, hired a coach that is doing some Clifton strengths assessment profile that I've explored, but never did for myself anyway. And a lot of, um, what I've understood is we're all wired so different and everybody has strengths. Some people write at the, you know, I'm an initiator and I'm somebody who really loves that initial creative process. And, and actually I get a lot of energy from feedback. So people in a room facilitated experiences. And then the execution part is a real challenge for me. And that's why I've over the time built a team, you know, and, but most of us don't have that when we're starting out we're all trying to do all of those things that it takes to create something pretty awesome by ourselves and within our own little bubble and our own little mind. And, and not to mention just the bigger picture of the, the massive amount of change and transition that we've all been as a human species over the past many years and how overwhelmed, in fact, out of this circle, I've kind of done a pulse check. So I've been talking to a lot of my therapist friends and they're like, people are not okay. You know, the kids are not okay. And there's a lot of people who are just shut down and not doing anything to move forward and break out of these patterns and to create something meaningful. Most people are struggling in some way and shut down in some way. And so the fact that we're all here going, okay, all of that aside, like we're going to, we're going to move forward and we're creating these amazing things, um, is a win <laughs> as far as I'm, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but the importance of really supporting each other in that and really holding this container I'm seeing in a new way as well. Um, and so, yeah, just holding all of that. And like, uh, again, I've mentioned and Bradley, I know is a huge fan of the war of art. It's just like a Bible to me of just referencing back and forth. And I love Chela's um, insights around like what it is, like we know resistance is there. We know it shows up, but like, what does it actually look like and feel like to move through it? I think for me right now, I'm working on the small things that I can achieve as we just mentioned, that makes it like a success and mentally actually does a huge difference to say, I did this thing. I completed this part. Now we move on. And no matter how small it is, you know, because launching a podcast is something that your psyche is going to be like, no, like I don't do that. I can't do that. All the but you can buy a microphone or, you know, um, have somebody come over and record a session with you. You know, these are the things that I'm, I'm focusing on as well moving forward. So thanks all. Beautiful. I just, can, can I just like double click on the small action thing there for a minute? Like it, I think that's such a huge, especially it's like, oh, I'm resisting doing whatever to take it down to even smaller. Like I've given practices to clients before where it's like, you know what? Just open the document, that document that you want to write your thing. Just open it. That's, that's what you start with. You don't even write in it. You don't even try to get anything. Just open it. Of course, then when you open it, it's like, well, now it's open. Maybe I'll mess around, but I love that by the microphone or just record yourself into your, and then listen back. I have a triple so click, Shayla. I have a triple click. So I had, a coach, I had a coach one time tell me to just make a 15 minute block to just be with that project. 
and whatever that looked like. Because a lot of times what happens is like, we don't know where to start. It feels too big. And honestly, part of the creative process is like having a, that's what she called it, a relationship moment with this idea, this project, this concept. So you could just like start to be in relationship with it, not with this idea that you're going to do something with it or like launch a thing with it, but to just start to like wrap your, like put your focus to it and really, yeah. And I love this idea of being in relationship with it because then it allowed it to just sort of like, cause a lot of times that's what happens is we put it in the corner and we just like, it becomes this behemoth, you know, instead of just like turning, being with it and going, okay, what's the thing that I can do today to just like move it a little bit, you know, in, in my creative energy or whatever. So anyway, yeah. I, I totally agree. I mean, every, business that we're building what we're creating each each of these creations has a spirit it's got its own life and having the spaciousness to be with the thing to talk to the thing to ask the thing for guidance around what it needs us to do in service to it so that it can exist in its full form um yeah i mean we're these these things they're entities that's why like a corporation is an entity it's a it's a different thing than me or you and just because we create it doesn't mean it's ours it's this other thing so fun making things um one of the uh one of the resistances that I am uh, committed to moving through is like, I haven't had to really like market consistently over the years. It's just kind of like been a thing I'll do here and there. Um, but I wrote in my journal, like all of the different outreach things I have to be doing regularly in order to, uh, to keep the ball rolling on all the things. And I'm like, Oh man, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of moving parts between magic media uh, magic kids i'm just looking for the page when i had it um and yeah so like my my partnership outreach thing is like all these things we've got the magic kids sponsorships magic kids school outreach magic kids podcast outreach magic uh media workshop tours uh finding affiliates for different programs i'm launching like my business and meditation thing uh reaching out to golf courses for dimples investors outreach all these things um, and so I've just made a goal, uh, uh, Coralie, my assistant, she's doing my podcast outreach. So that's kind of like that's handled, but for the other, what is there? Seven different things. I'm just committed to doing two of each of those every single week. And so, you know, yesterday I probably, what did I tackle? I tackle, tackle seven emails in about a, 40 minute window because all my outreach stuff is pretty templatized now um and i was like oh wow i did that in like 35 minutes that was pretty pretty easy to actually just reach out to people and send them stuff uh i mean i just so i just landed a hundred twenty five thousand dollar investor and that came from a cold email to somebody who was not at all interested in investing in magic media um i met him once we hung out in my studio for a couple hours. He was the landlord of my publishing manager. And he also happens to be a very high-end business coach. Uh, and when I was in need of Magic Kids to get some immediate money, uh, he was one of the people that popped into my head. I easily could have dismissed it because like, I don't know this guy. Why would I ask this guy who doesn't even know me for money? So I ended up like I was 
in bed. I may have had a gummy. So that helped to like bypass some of my objective filters. And I, I wrote like just I wrote a proposal on my in my journal. And it was like, it was really fun because I knew he wanted to, he also, he's pretty amazing in hypnosis space. That's how he works with like executives and CEOs is through hypnosis. Um, and so I knew that was a thing you want to do. So I like made this pitch and it was like $125,000, $25,000 of that magic media will take you on as a partner. Magic media will earn 30% on what we sell. You'll earn 70% and you'll also earn on magic media and you'll earn on magic kids. And we'll have this like Holy Trinity of everybody's winning it. And the, so I sent the proposal, I sent all this information. Uh, it took a couple weeks for him to even get back to me. I actually had to follow up with him and be like, Hey, did you see the thing? And he said he was interested. Give me another week to look it over. Then he gets back to me and says, no. And I was like, okay. But his no didn't feel solid to me. So I got back to him and I sent him like some other questions. I can't remember exactly what I said. I'd have to re go back to the email. But I said, okay, I see that perspective. And here's this. And next Tuesday, I'm coming to Victoria. So how about we just get together and we can talk through all your, you know, the reasons you're saying no and and let's just like, at the very least, I'll learn. I'm not attached to you investing. So we went, we booked a dinner two Tuesdays ago. And we 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 had dinner for three and a half hours. And it was really fun to just jam with him on all sorts of stuff. And uh, and at the end of it, he said, I'm 99.9% .9 in now. He's like, your determination to, even still after I said no, follow up and give me more reasons as to why I should reminded me of myself when I was younger. And that's what inspired me to want to meet you. That's what inspire is, is inspiring me to want to uh, invest in this company because I believe you're going to do things because I I'm seeing your like persistence and willingness to just like follow through, take action and your persuasiveness to convince me to invest my money in what it is that you're doing. So it was a very cool turning of events. And there was a bunch of obstacles that I easily could have turned away. I could have just not sent the email because I didn't know the guy. Uh, and so that's been one of the things with this whole investment raise is like, I'm, I'm just like cold emailing people that I know have investment firms be like, look, this is what we're doing. And a part of that as well is like, I, I just did my audition on the Dragon's Den uh, last week, which is like Canada's Shark Tank. Another thing, it was like, I could have easily just been like, I'm not going to go do that. Why would I apply for something like that? And then I ended up getting in. So I'll find out if I'm actually going to be on the show. So that's the thing is like, when you eat gummies and you're sitting in bed with your journal and you get an idea, start writing that shit down, start making it, plotting out a plan. I mean, that's the thing is like, I, I went into the conversation with a bit of a plan. I had a skeleton. I was, I had a very bold outreach email. I asked him directly for six figures. It wasn't like, could you put in $25,000? It was like, I, could you invest this much money? Would you be willing to? And here's all the perks. So I think boldness is also, uh, a, it's a time for boldness. The world needs more good-hearted humans stepping up and being bold and being mighty and being willing to put ourselves in front of the crowd so that gifts can be shared and love can be exchanged. So be bold, folks.
That was so inspiring, especially like the not taking a no, like the number of choice points to just keep going is like, wow, I'm having my own like female reaction to this. I'm curious at what the other women experience in this. Cause I'm having a little bit of like, I would not do that because that would be, I don't know. I like, I feel this, but it's like, oh, I don't, this like level of socialization around pushing, you know, like it was very penetrative what you did. And there's like, I, I can feel my own feminine social conditioning against being that. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I'm curious. I'm curious if other, I'm curious if other people's perspectives and thoughts on that, or, and that can also just be my resistance to being too much, but that's amazing. And well, congratulations. Survival is an interesting thing. You know, it's not like I was doing it because I want to be doing it. It is a survival instinct inside of me of like this entity called magic kids needs to blossom and live a long life. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure my kid survives. And the whatever it takes at this stage of magic kids growth is I need to get capital. So, I mean, I've got five grants that are being written right now. There's still more investment capital I plan to raise, but it's, it's, a, it's survival. And one of the really epic parts of our contract is that I get $50,000 of executive coaching from him. So that's a part of our, our agreement is that he'll also be a business coach inside of in the ring with me, which is really cool. I think, first of all, congratulations. That's awesome. And, um, I, I think, yeah, I mean, everything Chayla, I re resonate with both. I mean, I think business and entrepreneurship in this time anyway, is very masculine. It is very like, and it feels very shark tank that you're getting the mentorship as part of it. Cause I think that's the part I would think is priceless, you know, to be able to like actually be, um, able to understand the mindset and the way that people at that level kind of operate. And, but, um, there was another piece too about, uh, oh, first of all, happy international women's day, everyone. <laughs> um, I think with the feminine, I was just really, I've been in this other, um, mighty network space with my client. It's very feminine and it's very receptive and about like allowing things to come to you. And I think there's this fine line and dance in between, especially when we're talking about um, creative work, because he's not investing in something that's like a sure thing. He's also like kind of counting on you and the soul that you're bringing to this. So I think that's, that's something that's, that's different. And it brings in a little bit more of a feminine, you know, and creative kind of aspect to this. Um, but yeah, yeah, we need both man and we need all of it. And it's, uh, it's so exciting. Like what, um, Portia had commented on your progress log was also, I feel the same. Like it's one thing to be talking about these ideas, but you're doing it, you're living it. You're, you're actually making things move. And that is so inspiring. And it fires me up every time I see all the things that you're making happen with the focus, the direction, the passion, and that, you know, energy that you have, it's just awesome. So yay. <laughs> Thank you. It's a wild ride. It's wild. This crazy, crazy journey. I mean, entrepreneurship's not for the faint of heart. We all know that. Um, doing the doing what each and every single one of us is individually doing. Uh, as important as our roles are in our villages and in this global village, it's still not 
easy. There's like, there's nothing easy about what any of us is trying to do with our lives and our businesses. <laughs> and if it was more and more people will be getting rich off doing it. But there's, you know, we, we are the product. We are the thing that we have to overcome the most. It's our own internal self-doubt, our own ideas that we can't do it. It won't work. It hasn't worked in the past. Why would it work now? Why would I even try to do this thing because of my previous failures? But the previous failures weren't actually failures. They were stepping stones, all of them. Every single action that we took before this step we're at right now is a preparation in some way. And even if this thing falls flat, it doesn't mean the game's over. It just means, okay, this is this is just a different, this is a new step. Where do we go from here? As long as we're constantly learning and we're able to grow through these experiences and, and not become defeated. For yeah. long, for long, it's okay to be defeated momentarily. It actually feels really good to just compost all the shit and, you know, have a good cry and let it go and and see what's see what is ready to grow from that compost hmm. yeah i just want to say congratulations and uh there's a slogan um in my spiritual community and it's not not afraid to be a fool I, I, and sort of um that's something i'm constantly kind of running up against that uh, it's better to, to make that to take the shot and miss to not take the shot at all so uh yeah good job i had that conversation with my son just the other day because uh he you know i tell a lot of jokes i'm joking around with him a lot and 70 80 percent of my jokes land and he loves them and he thinks they're great and other times he's just like for whatever reason i poke the wrong button and he gets angry at me or you know he might cry or whatever i took something too far I was like, well, you know, I'm learning every time I'm telling a joke, you know, I'm risking looking stupid. I'm risking, you know, there's, there's all these things that I'm risking when I, when I'm being playful and goofy and telling jokes. And I was like, would you rather a world where I just stay safe and don't do jokes anymore? Or would you rather a world where I'm still jokey and goofy and I have the space to be able to learn from my mistakes, but I'm still putting myself out there as being jokey and goofy and, and, and we're growing through this together. And yeah, he was, he kind of understood that I want the jokey dad. And I get that sometimes your jokes are going to suck. <laughs> You're not going to land a hundred percent of the jokes. Yeah. You've also really inspired me about microdosing. I'm, uh, my blue goba orders is hopefully on its way. Nice. Who said <laughs> anything about micro? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's where I'm going to start. Yeah, no, it's a good, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Well, I just feel like for myself personally, and I, there, it's not just within entrepreneurship, but other aspects of life where, where I'm holding back. Um, and I really actually don't know why, like, you know, it's stuff I've explored and counseling forever, but the pattern just so deep, um, that it's like well i don't know if i'm gonna understand this block in an intellectual way um and that maybe there's another way i can approach softening the boundary but 
uh, you know, and I, I'm, I'm meditating for 20 years and I just feel like I need a compliment of kind of approaches to kind of get beyond the fear. Well, fear pulls us out of our hearts. So we've all been hijacked in some way, shape or form, whether we're conscious of it or not. And a lot of um, the clients I get to work with are doing a lot of psychedelic assisted therapy and such, and just psychedelics. And so I think um, it's something that when you, you want to live a heart fueled life, you know, and create from the heart, like you can do it the hard way. There's other ways, there's other paths. And if that's your path, you know, God has blessed you <laughs> because it works and it really is helping people stay connected to their heart and stay out of the, the story that a lot of people are in right now. Um, yeah, to that, I don't know if it's just the spaces that I am attracted to and the people that I attract, but it feels like plant medicine is well, and even, you know, synthetic medicine, you know, this like frog venom shit they're talking about. Anyway, um, it just seems like really a big, um, yeah, my husband and I are going on a, a couple's plant medicine retreat in two weeks. Um, I had a really powerful experience with ayahuasca a couple of months ago. And it, it what I'm loving is the normalization of working with plant medicine in spaces like this. You know, five, 10 years ago, when I was doing this, colleagues were, do, it would be like, that comes out after you've been hanging out with somebody for a couple of years and you really know each other. Um, and it's really incredible. And the research that's coming out and um, around what it's making possible. I mean, I can understand that what the Reagan administration did with the war on drugs back in the day. It's like, they're going, if people start doing this kind of work, the liberatory power that it has in individuals and communities and collective is very threatening to um, status quo power structures. It's like, I love what you just said, Claudia, about getting out of fear and into your heart and, and what it heals and what it rewires is like amazing. So I think it's surreal to think even just a, like you said a few years ago, but I've been in these communities for 15 plus years. And when I went back to Peru, I mean, it was still underground even there, you know, nobody was talking about this in the mainstream or telling people they were going to Peru to do ayahuasca. It was very underground. And um, the fact that one of my primary teachers for over 10 years, she has basically said, Hey guys, so I've been underground intentionally for, you know, 30 years and I've purposely not wanted to be known. She never likes people, you know, so there's no online presence. There's very limited. Um, she's now feeling the call to bring the feminine aspect of this work into the forefront. And so she's going to be speaking at a big conference in July. And so she said, for that reason, there's no more talk about, you know, substances. And there's just like, everything has to be above board because she's wanting to, you know, be more public and, but it comes with its sort of um, considerations, but the science is incredible. And it's uh, really exciting to see how it's all building steam, but even just to be able to talk about it in conversations about all these other things, you're like, wow, <laughs> I never thought. If I think about what it was even, yeah, three years ago, five years ago, it's pretty surreal, but powerful. I would say yeah. most of my best, most creative ideas have come from plants. 
<laughs> for 20 year entrepreneurial career it's like the plants have been doing most of the thinking for me thank you plants i otter i'm grateful for you they've been just like helped me to realize i'm an artist oh oh what a thought didn't grow up thinking i was an artist that was something that plants helped me to come to the realization of and I like how this ties into the fear and the resistance piece too, because if we're looking at like where the evolution of humanity is on this planet right now, like, are we going to continue to serve humanity by staying shut down and in the programming we're stuck in? Well, no, like the original pranksters of the natural world have been plants for forever. Um, so of course that's like the addition that like helps us bring like the seeds of what we're originally here to grow into, like actually into the world. Um, I would be a totally different person if I hadn't have, you know, had some help from, not had help from mushrooms and a few other, you know, allies on the way. So it's really fun that we get to talk about this too as part of this conversation. Like, yay, thank you everyone. <laughs> I think we're just in such a massive evolution. And Kara, you just nailed like, all of the issues, if you look at it as this binary way of thinking, that's just so limited. It's like good, bad, red, blue, like all these ways that you can see it map out. It's like, if anything, plants have shown me the intricate, like limitless, infinite possibilities of creation of what is possible. And, and you have to, you know, a teacher asked me many years ago to just practice when you feel yourself in this either or option. Like when you're like, oh, what's the third option? What's the, you know, find a, a third path. And that alone has been this like really profound way to get me out of my own, where I get stuck in binary thinking. But I think that our systems, ooh, excuse me, our systems are a byproduct of our consciousness. And we've all, you know, seen that people just don't understand that there's more. <laughs> there's like a new way of looking at things. So anyway, we're in this destruction, reconstruction experience, but even in the hopelessness, I found, you know, over the past few years, feeling at times like, oh my God, the world is falling apart. It's, you know, the, the negative and the like doomsday kind of feel. Um, and then I go, oh my God, turn this way, <laughs> you know, turn over here, look at all this incredible science that's emerging, all these people that are having to all of a sudden go, oh, there's a problem to solve. Let's fix it. And, you know, all this stuff. And, and so my teacher sends out the good news kind of feed and she's a biologist. And so it's like really, really awesome to feed yourself from different streams and see what pe people who can think in other ways are like creating. And so I love that we're talking about this in this space and yeah, yay to all of it. There's so many interesting parallels um, to what's kind of happened during the 60s uh, in the sense of like, I just feel like our culture in general is so stagnant and is run out of ideas. Uh, it just really, I just find it amazing that, um, yeah, psychedelics, plant medicine is kind of coming coming to the rescue in, in the same way, in a very similar way. So it'd be, it'd be really interesting to see how the next 10 years unfolds because I think there will be a lot of parallels in terms of, you know, creativity and art and uh, just, just sense of liberation, hopefully.
Hmm. That's unless the lizards shut us down. I would I would think it's we're on a good track. I mean, mycelium is a network. Humanity's consciousness is a linked network, but there's been through fear for many centuries. It's like there's been a disruption in that connection and plant medicine is one of the ways to rewire the neural network the the network the consciousness of humanity so that we can unify and yeah what a what a wild time it's like it's like hurry up and unify everybody let's do this Okay, I just have one more geek out. So I'm on the social media, like I have to, as part of my marketing communications role, be tapped into what's happening in social media. And I've been watching this binary thing play out with like good or bad, like people get canceled, you know, for like a thing that they did or a thing that they said. And it's like, that's their existence. That's all they can be is this like one mistake or this one unpopular opinion that they stated, right? And I've just been going and watching like, how's this going to play out, you know, because obviously it's not sustainable and you're seeing a backlash already. You're seeing like, um, uh, anyway, this evolution of like what that's going to look like. And I mean, I'll just use, I guess, an example of Chris Rock. Um, he had a stand-up special and, you know, whether you're on team Will and Jada or team. And I was like, this is insane. Like, first of all, that I know all this, I, I do, I know way more than I need to. Um, but this is the type of stuff where I'm fascinated by, because these are our, these are archetypes, right? Like these are our, like this play, we're all in a play. And these are just the people that are like more visible, you know, the big actors on the stage. And, um, and I just saw like how, yeah, we're just so much, we've outgrown, like Silas said, we've just outgrown the ways in which we, we have the capacity to understand life, each other, the way we've organized the way, you know, that, that like what's possible for each other. And I think in, when I step out of these spaces where like, wow, I can bring myself fully even to the point where, you know, I remember that I don't even know who I am. Like, I don't even know what I'm capable of. Cause it's this like emerging discovery. That's what life is. Right. And to be able to hold that space for others. Wow. That's a whole different paradigm. And I think what we're learning to do is, well, okay, how do I do that within the context of all of this binary, like limited space happening around me? And my solution anyway, has been to find these like communities of like-minded people, people who are doing that. And then keep surprising myself. Like, I didn't know we were going to talk about all this today, but here's an opportunity, right. To like bring yourself more fully. And I think that's what we're carving out right now is it's in these like smaller little containers and communities. That's why we need each other more than ever. And, um, and to allow all that other stuff to actually be as it is too, and not make it wrong, not make it like them less than, or, you know, like that's the other opportunity, how to stay in heart and like not try to control any of that either. So. Portia, you've been quiet. <laughs> Yes, I'm, I'm just along for the ride. I feel exactly the same way. Um, I just finished reading um, a book on mushrooms. Um, so I'm interested in all of the things. Yeah. I think my kid's seen fantastic fungi four times already. <laughs> Anytime he's like, 
I want to watch a movie. It's like, great, you're watching Fantastic Fun Guy, buddy. <laughs> you want to be a scientist? Learn this stuff. My teenager refuses to. He's like, and I'm, I've tried to explain, but he just like, he goes, mushrooms. And then he's like, mom, are you a druggie? It's so funny. And that like wow. trying to explain my, you know, coming back from my ayahuasca journey. And I was like, how much do I share with him? Because a lot of the journey actually was about him um, in some really unexpected ways. And it's so, it's so interesting getting to um, communicate these things with, yeah, my I mean, he's 15 and, and I've actually been very, um, mindful about how we talk about drugs to not, I've seen, I've seen families who inadvertently push their children towards experimentation that I feel like is way too soon. Um, so I've been a very like, leave your mind alone while it's growing, but it's funny to watch the ways that that's been internalized where he's going like, mom, should you be? Yeah. So he's like, I'm not watching that druggy show. I'm like, that is not actually what it is, but fine. That's so funny. So funny. One of the things that gave me the most hope, I'll just add this to the mix real quick, is that um I I was shocked when I kept meeting. I mean, I've always met amazing people in my communities, but like then I would start to meet people that are like, wait, oh, they're in politics. Like they're just these fascinating people that I've met that are in all different branches of the world that are very conscious and doing some really cool things with it. And I just, to me, that was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, that there is, um, again, when you start to think the doomsday, just know that there's people at very high levels that have done a lot of mycelium journeys <laughs> and a lot of ayahuasca. And you're like, yay, you know, and it's just a reminder, like we don't, we don't have to do anything about it. It's the mycelium is working its way through the network and creating the field. It's, it is the field, you know, and we just, the more, I mean, it's no accident that all of the networks I'm in are, are talking about mindfulness, awareness, like just remembering that this is all an illusion. Like the stuff we create, these, these limited realities, we don't have to do anything. We have to let go of all that <laughs> and work to let go of all that. So anyway, but yeah, I, I remember meeting somebody who had worked on the Bernie Sanders campaign and was like instrumental at one point of um, this one particular conversation that was happening. Anyway, it turned the whole campaign towards the, the, you know, democratic side. And I was like, you got to be in on those conversations. He's like, mm -hmm. and it just, it gave me this huge look. Okay. Wow. Okay. You know, this is, this is happening. You know, we're, we're shifting our reality, literally, in in making the decision to go back to our hearts, <laughs> and then go out and do whatever the thing is we have to do, you know, to to make to make that impact in the world. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Making Magic podcast with your host Bradley T. Morris from Magic Media. If you're inspired to leverage your life's work by crafting your transformational, educational, and inspirational media, thriving online community, profitable membership, or to turn your message into a movement, then head on over to magicmedia.com, that's M-A-J-I-K, media.com, and explore what our Creators Club or partnership opportunities have to offer you and your beautiful business.